Well, one of the things that I learned later on was when we go through traumas as we are growing up, um, we close all of our senses. We're afraid. The, the, we are focusing on fears. And fears is a lower vibration. It doesn't allow us to hear and you know the voice of God, the voice of angels, right? <laughs> Hi there and welcome to the Shine Your Light with Diana podcast. I am your host Diana Elena Matei and this is a sacred safe space for me, for you and us all to be our authentic selves, to share our stories while shining our light and reconnect with the oneness. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up and keep on shining unapologetically. Hello, hello, hello again, beautiful souls. Thank you for joining us uh, on another episode of my podcast, Shine Your Light with Diana. Today's guest is a special woman I met last year on one of my coaches' um, summit. She is a registered nurse, a certified hypnotherapist, and she is a best-selling author. I would post the links in the bio at the end. So I am absolutely delightful to introduce you to Sorabe Mokri. Welcome, lovely. Oh, thank you, Diana. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Well then, as always, I would love to know a bit more about your story on how you got from your rock bottom, the darkest moment in your life, which of course I know a bit about and I'm sure my listeners are looking forward to it and how you actually managed to crack so open that you allowed the shine within to light so brightly as you do now. Uh, thank you for that question, Diana. Yes, my life changed about 33 years ago when I moved to America from Iran. And that time um, I was waiting uh, for three years to join uh, with my husband at the time. We were married for 10 years. We had two wonderful children together, but because of the um, political climate in Iran, he had to leave uh, me and my children three years before I came and joined him. Uh, we had a four and a half year old son and I was seven months pregnant with my second child. So he had to escape Iran and uh, because of he, his life was in danger and I couldn't join him because of I was seven months pregnant and we didn't know um, when he escaped where he's going to end up. So he had a brother and a sister here in America and he the plan was for him to come and join them, but we had no idea uh, whether he is going to be able to make it or not. And after three years, when I came and joined him, I realized that um, he wasn't the husband that I knew. Uh, he was already in another relationships and uh, I was alone. I was left alone with two young children. I didn't have any family. I didn't have any friends. I had no money. And the worst thing is I couldn't even speak the language. So that was the truly the darkest moment of my life. And considering when I say that I have experienced a lot of challenges growing up and to that moment um, until when I found out that the fairy tale of living in freedom with my husband, with my children, and just was a night, you know, became a nightmare. And a little bit uh, about me and the background, I um, grew up in Iran. And uh, when I was 13 years old, I lost my father, which um, helped, I don't want to say help me, but um, 
caused me to experience depression, a lot of depression. That was the beginning of my long journey of dealing with depression. My dad was my hero. He was everything that um, I believed in. He was my supporter. He loved me unconditionally. And he was the most amazing man in the world. And he had a sudden heart attack and he died. And when I was 18 years old, it was the time that revolution took place in Iran. I uh, went to nursing school and while I was a student, the Iranian government one year after um, they took over, it was a, I was 19 years old at that time. And they decided to uh, close all the colleges and university all over Iran. And their um, job was, or their uh, reason was, is to clean um, everyone and, you know, let go of everybody, whether they were a student, they were teachers, they were professors, and that did not think or believe in the uh, government's ideology. And it was when I was captured, because I was in a uh, safe um, peaceful protest as well. And I was captured, I was tortured, and I was beaten into a coma. I was in that coma about a week, and then I came back to life. The reason I share this story, a little bit of a background to tell, to say that my life was not an easy life growing up until the time that I moved to, to America, so with the hope of having a better life, a life in freedom, because I, I so escaped from, you know, my life and my country of Iran to come here to have a better life. And two months before I left Iran was actually when my young, my younger brother, he was about a year and a half younger than me. And he was trying to and get his passport and take me to American embassy to see if why I haven't heard anything and to see if I can get visa to come to America and he died in a car accident. And uh, it was I have experienced a lot of challenges so being here alone with no money no family. And anything was uh, definitely was the thing that made me to consider my life to see if I was even worthy of living the life. And I decided to take my life. But as you can see, fortunately, that I, I failed and I didn't succeed in that. And that was the time that I decided that I need to do something about my life. Well, I hear even new details um, of your story. And um, right now, I just want to praise your awesomeness, the way you actually overcame all these challenges, which were blessings in disguise, ultimately. And I truly believe that this shows the hope that others can hold on to if they would ever have been in your situation or experienced similar circumstances. So actually, before we move on to how you started shining, I would like to know more about your battle with depression. I know for some is a taboo, subject and I know that for others is a raw subject so I would love for you to share anything that could help or support anyone experiencing depression at this time on how you manage to overcome that anything at all that would be a sustainable uh, way for them to at least reach out, let alone do what, what you think. 
Um, that is a great question. I appreciate you asking that question because I speak about my depression very openly. And I wrote both of my books talks about the, you know, how I experienced it and how I was able to overcome. And depression is the cause that what causes depression is many years of believing, perceiving that we are not good enough. Uh, we are not deserving, we are not worthy enough, we are not smart enough, we are not tall enough, we are not short enough, whatever that enough is. And we feel, we feel isolated, we feel alone, we feel lonely, we feel that nobody hears us, we don't, we don't matter, we are not important anymore. And the reason that I say that, because I experienced all of that growing up i was the shortest in my family and my mom never ceased to tell me that i am short i she constantly criticized me about that and it wasn't something that i had a choice but she would just let you know kind of yelling and like do something about it, jump, play basketball. You have to do something, you're short. And for me, constantly hearing that and losing my father and having all of my cousins that they were tall to, my, to me, my perception, they were tall and gorgeous and beautiful. And people would uh, stop to ask them questions. They would listen to them. And all of that made that little girl in me growing up feel that I am not important. I don't matter. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. And I had that um, experience, that perception, you know, the thoughts and beliefs that they were false. They were false beliefs, but that little girl growing up decided believed that she's not good enough she's not as smart enough she's not beautiful enough and for that many and i felt a, a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and i had a lot of hurt and pain within me to the point that i became really ill and i have autoimmune disease autoimmune disease or depression is a form that the body attacks itself, its, its cells. And I had to deal with that on the top of feelings of not good enough. So that made me feel that I don't want to live this life. Why should I live day after day feeling that nobody wants me, nobody loves me? And when I moved here and when I went through all those difficulties and trying to end my life and it didn't happen. And then I started to asking the big question, why? Why God saved my life over and over and over again? Why me? When my brother died, I asked God, I was angry. I said, why you took his life? He, he was married. He was happily married. He was a good, good person. They had two children. Why didn't you take me instead of my brother? You see all of those shame and guilt and the thoughts and beliefs of not good enough. It was too much pain for me to tolerate and after what happened with my husband and not knowing that what is going to happen to me because I didn't even grow up here. I don't speak the language. I was a nurse when I was in Iran. I had a home. I had a life. I had family. I had friends and I had nobody. But then as I asked the question, every time that I would turn on the TV because that's how I learned the language. <laughs> Every time that I would uh, watch TV, there was a show, there were spiritual shows 
that they were about books, about angels, about um, depression, about how to overcome depression, how to overcome all of these pain and traumas that I have, I had been experiencing till then. And I would buy the books. There was a workshops, I would attend the workshops. I literally said, okay, there is, I, I even try to end my life and nothing is working. So there should be a plan. There should be a purpose for me living besides my two kids. So that was how, as I read more, as I attended workshops, as I tried to understand who I am, we are these powerful souls. We come here with passion, mission, purpose. We have life purpose. And as I learned, as I studied and researched, I realized that God saved me for a bigger and better purpose for me to speak. And that's the reason I'm here and with you to, to have this message that if for those people that they are suffering, there is a way to get out of that darkness. And I am one of those people that have been overcome this uh, depression, this pain, this suffering is, is the mindset that goes in the loop of not good enough, not worthy enough, not deserving enough. But we have the power to change it, to retrain our mindset, to believe we are worthy, we are good enough, we are important, we matter, we are significant. And that is my message. That was absolutely powerful. And before I actually ask you the question, who are you? I would love to know if you'd like to share a specific method or anything at all on how to combat um, depression and like not even to combat depression, but more likely how would you raise your vibration when you feel at your lowest? Well, what are you doing? Maybe for some is going to work, for some will not, because we all experience the same trauma very differently. But I would be very curious and grateful for you to share um, that. Thank you. Yes. Um, what I do, uh, meditation and hypnosis literally have saved my life. And that's why I went back to school. I am a nurse. I have been working as 40 years as a nurse, helping with my patients. And also I integrate all the tools that I have learned also with my patients and with in my private practice with my clients. So what really helped me is uh, just when I wake up in the morning, first, I just uh, go with the gratitude, the gratitude for being alive, the gratitude for having a second chance and to live the life that I want to. And also retraining my mind. It is very important because our mindset shapes before the age of six and seven. So those thoughts, beliefs, you know, growing up from our family, from our friends, from our school, growing up, all of those things, the mind, the subconscious mind is the driver. It forms. There are many things that it, we are not even aware of. So when we are speaking to someone we are in a relationship we are working in during you know in our job what wherever we are in life those subconscious mind is constantly playing a game it's a non-stop negative self-talk and even after almost 30 years of working on my mindset there are still a lot of that come to surface so the first thing is by when we wake up and connect, connect with whatever we believe in. I call a higher power God. Some people call it higher consciousness. Some people call it 
universe, whatever that is, whatever that there is, I believe that there is a um, something better and higher and more profound than my physical body, than my mindset, than my emotions that driving, you know, uh, behind the scene. So I connect, I connect, I said, okay, I am grateful for being alive. I am grateful for being able to breathe. I'm grateful for whatever, for, for my bed. I'm grateful for having a roof over my head. Uh, starting the day with gratitude, it helps me to put me in a place that, okay, I am centered. That is the first thing that I do to connect. And I also always say thank you after my, I have a 10 minute meditation in the morning. I wake up half an hour earlier because I want to do my meditation. Because when I do my meditation, I um, operate from a higher vibration than and then I, I am aware of the lower vibrational thoughts that tells me, you know, something somebody says and it, um, it trigger us, right? Those are the lower vibrational thoughts. But when I am connected and I feel like, okay, the universe, God, um, help me to be of service. When I put my thought on serving other people, then I am not into my own lower vibrational thoughts. I am working and operating from a higher vibration. I hope that makes sense, Diana. It certainly does. It literally sent shivers uh, all over my body, the, the way you said it, the way you approached it, and how gentle you were about this. So thank you ever so much for going so deep and so wide and of course maybe maybe one day we're gonna have like a, a course on this or so because there is so much more exploration to the subject but for now i am very grateful for you to come up with this and now the big question that everyone of course answers differently but i'm curious about your answers who are you? Ah, uh, I am. I am a. I am a powerful soul. We all are, right? Um, I believe that we are spirit, powerful spirit in physical forms. We come here on Earth and to grow, learn, and evolve. And as we learn our lesson, uh, we become teachers. I am always a teacher and I'm always a student because um, I remember that um, remember and I am getting goosebumps all over my body as well, uh, remembering what uh, message that I got a while ago, long time ago from the angels and it comes with earth is your playground. That's what um, I was told and during one of my meditation. Earth is your playground. You come here to play. You come here to learn. It's just like, you know, children, you know, they are, they don't know anything. They don't, I mean, not anything. They don't know that much, right? And they know everything. They are powerful souls and they're curious and they want to learn more and they go to school. So the angels told me, you came here and you are just, a, you know, you are this powerful spirit in that little body and you try to learn. So that's why you go to school, not the physical school, the school of life. Because I believe in concept of reincarnation. And that's what I, the reason I believe, because I was learned from my masters, from my spirit guides, from my angels about the uh, um, process and the reincarnation that life after life after life, we come here to uh, take care of the past karma, take care of the learn and evolve from whatever that we experience. And we didn't have time uh, to uh, take care of whatever that happened, or we are here and 
when we are actually, let me put it that way, when we are um, in a spirit world as a spirits, not as not in human body, in human form, um, we decide it's we want is a free will. We decide that I want to go back to Earth. I want to learn my lesson. I want to learn and grow and evolve as a soul. And I want to go to this is going to be my father. This is going to be my mother. We choose our parents. And then um, I know from where I know the majority of us, you know, feel like sometimes, why did I come in this family that, you know, told me that I'm not good enough. But those are lessons. I brought the, the concept and the mindset of not good enough from many lifetimes ago. And I came in this family so they can tell me. So I decide to do something about it. So that's why I came in this family. I hope that answers your question, Diana. I loved it. I, I, I absolutely um, loved it. I'm literally a bit lost for words right now. And um, my next question would be related to how you started communicating with angels. Is it clairsentience, clairvoyance? Is it a mix of all of them? How do you get the messages? How do you convey them as well? And is there any chance for others who don't have your set of skills to bring angels in their life? Uh, yes, another powerful question. <laughs> uh, so when I um decided to ask the big question who am i where did i come from where am i going what is my purpose what what am i doing on here because i didn't want to stay living on earth right so as i um, um read more books and attended workshops and learned more it was to the point that i said and i was looking watching tv and listening to these uh, big gurus and authors and they are talking about you know uh, how they coach clients and uh, and then i never thought it would be possible for me to have a coach like that so it was because i never thought uh, anything was possible i was still learning right so i thought like oh my goodness wouldn't that be fantastic, wonderful that I had a coach, somebody that physically just literally sit with me and teach me? Because when I was trying at that time to learn to communicate and hear angels, I would sit down and meditate for hours. It, it went on and on for months. I couldn't hear anything. Well, one of the things that I learned later on was when we go through traumas as we are growing up, um, we close all of our senses. We're afraid. The, the, we are focusing on fears. And fears is a lower vibration. It doesn't allow us to hear and you know the voice of God, the voice of angels, right? So it and it is it is a long story that it is in my books angel nightingale that i talk about like literally minute by minute of how that happened but i met my teacher in a, a christmas holiday party to make it really short and i was so thirsty for knowledge i was so hungry i just wanted to know I didn't, I never thought I would write books. I never thought I would be a speaker. I never thought everything. I just wanted to heal my pain. I was suffering and I wanted something to give me some calm, some peace and some something that tell me that there is, there is hope, there is something better. So I worked with my coach on a one-on-one -on -one basis, not in a group. And I'm not saying anything about group coaching is a bad, but it was what I uh, wanted to learn. And I did this for over a year. Every single week, I would go to her office. 
and she would help me to meditate and take me through these hypnosis and guided visualization. And it was for me to um, discover my, the name of my angel. So I remember that one day that she took me to one of those meditation and I saw, I was with her, I was able to open up because she provided that safe and sacred place for me to um, just grow. And I saw the name of Rose in uh, English, the name of Rose in my language, and a picture of a beautiful red rose on a, in my visual, in my meditation, on a blackboard and I am getting literally goosebumps all over me uh, because the, that is how my angel uh, came to show herself. I mean, they are not male or female, but I call her her like a mama, you know, just that has that beautiful kind of presence uh, she has. I call it her and her name was Rose. And that is how I learned and opened up and uh, found out about my angels. One of the things that I want everyone to know, whether we are able to communicate or whether we even believe in angels, we are all born with at least one or two guardian angels. The guardian angels I believe, and I learned from what the lessons I learned from the angels, that God knew that living in physical form would be very challenging. So uh, like when we go to school, we have teachers, these guardian angels are like our teachers, and they are like the most uh, amazing uh, light, uh, beings of light and beings of love. They are with us from the moment that we are born and they are with us until we transition to the other side to go back to the spirit world. So whether uh, people are able to um, communicate with them or not, to feel them or not, we have these wonderful guardian angels. And then as, uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of person we are, what, whether we are religious or not, whether we are spiritual or not, whoever we are, whether boy, um, girl, um, transgender, um, gay, lesbian, it doesn't matter who we are. We have angels. And also the creator, God created us with the gift of free will, which means that if I do not ask my guardian angels, they cannot intervene. So that was very important for me to understand that I have angels. They are here to love me unconditionally, to guide me, to support me, to help me. But I am the one that I have to do and ask them for help. So the people that they are asking, they're wanting to know, the first thing that they need to know, we can ask them and they will show up. For me, it has always been a combination of everything. I am a feeler. I mostly uh, feel, I feel the presence. And it is uh, in my first book, Angel Nightingale, there at the third section of the book that is um, beautiful, heartwarming stories of how I helped my patients in my nursing job, some of them that they transitioned to the spirit world with the help of angels. Um, I, when I would feel the angels with me, in, with my patient in my patient's room, when they were transitioning, I, could I would feel the room became a little bit cooler. And I knew something deep within that angels are with me. And it is a practice, you know, at the beginning, uh, I didn't know what to do with it. I just say, okay, I am here. I know you are here. Take over my body and do whatever my patient needs. So I channel, I give myself totally and completely and fully so they can take over me and help 
whoever that needs. And believe it or not, I don't need to do a hands-on healing, which I can and I have done. All I need to do, that's again, that 10 minutes meditation, I connect with God, I connect with source, I connect with my angels, I said, use me, use me. So everyone that thinks of me, whether comes to my space virtually, whether comes to my space physically, they feel that unconditional love of the source and people connect with me from that higher vibration. And your last question that how I translate um, the thought comes to me naturally, the way that I'm talking with you, I'm speaking with you, the thought comes and it becomes automatically, and this is a many years of practice, of course, 30 years of the moment that I feel and whatever it is, it just comes out of my mouth. <clears throat> and both of my books, actually, they are channeled. They are all uh, because uh, English is my second language. I didn't go to school to, in America. I went to nursing school to get, become a registered nurse, but I didn't grow up here. So English is my second language. And the book, writing a book myself, I wanted to write the book myself because that would be another miracle, another reason that angels really do exist and we are able to connect with these amazing teachers so it can they can help us to get to where we were supposed to be i hope i answered all of your question diana oh yes you did and even more than that i actually have uh, your books so there were only probably two things that were a bit new for me everything else i do know from the books I'm a fan, what can I say? <laughs> and um, yeah, um, right now I have to <laughs> go back and find my words again <laughs> because I just got such in, in such a trance when, when you started talking again and going. And I absolutely love the calm in your voice when you're going through and the fact that you keep on mentioning the fact that English is your second language as it's mine. So knowing that we are actually using English to um, spread the message because at the very end of the day, it is the main international circulation language. And um, I trust that whoever listens to this episode does so because it's at a point in their life where change is a must. And, you know, having you here now, being in your presence, I myself feel just heavenly. <laughs> you know, and on that note, you actually went from a consumer to a creator. And then, of course, you're still a consumer on other things, but you are right now into that 1% of the population of who is a creator. So are there any new creations we shall expect anytime soon from you? Oh, thank you for asking that question. Yes, um, I am always writing. I have many, many, many journals. And then... Uh, <clears throat> I am not sure when the next book is coming, but um, this is not the end of me <laughs> with two books. I never <laughs> thought I would write a book. And let me talk to you and uh, tell you something, uh, Diana, about the books. It took me literally, literally, for the people that there are there is a book and they you know they think that they have a message and they want to write about it. It took me 15 years to write my first book. 15 because English is my second language. <laughs> and I had the mindset of who am I to write a book? Because I just, if I am just saying this, repeating this, the mindset was English is my second language. Who am I to write a book, right? I took a lot of creative writing classes. I hired one of the most amazing editors and you know she came i asked for it and angels brought her into my life 
So um, I worked really hard, 15 years. And then uh, it was in 2016 when my first book got published, right? And then in um, 20, October of 2019, I had a dream. I had a dream um, that an angel came to my, uh, in my dream and told me, it's time for you to write another book. I had no intention. I said, I, I wanted to put my story and the messages and everything in one book. I never thought I would just, you know, write another book. It took me 15 years to write one book. And uh, I said, uh, I don't think so. I, I already done, did my book. She said, you have to start writing a book. And I said, what do you want me to write about? She said, love. I said, love? What do you mean, romantic love? She said, write about love, baby, write about love. And I woke up <laughs> like, oh no, I have to write again. <laughs> and you see the reason I said, oh no, I have to write again was because of the mindset that, you know, who am I to write a book, another book? And uh, literally, when I decided to write that book, my second book was done, channeled, channeled within six months. Six months, I wrote my second book and that became Amazon number one bestseller. And the reason that I'm saying that, don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself, just do it and connect, connect with whatever the source you believe in. Because if you have a message in your heart, that means that there are lots of people who want to hear that message. So there is a reason that you have that dream in your heart, don't give up. And don't judge yourself that I didn't go to school. I am not a teacher. I'm not a whatever. Whatever that not enough. Throw that not enough out of the door, out of your vocabulary. When it comes to you, say, thank you, mind, for bringing it to my attention. Because from when we are, some, we, are we know what the mind is saying, that means that it is moving from the subconscious the state to my awareness. So instead of saying, I am not good enough, I hear some, something, somebody triggers me, I go to say, okay, why somebody said something and it triggered me? What was in it? Oh, it was about that because I believe I am not worthy, because I believe I'm not good enough, because I believe uh, nobody um loves me whatever the reason is and i will say thank you i make friend i have made friend with my mind i don't resist it i don't judge it i don't go into duality i just say thank you i'm glad you brought that thing to my awareness and then i change it i change i i tell myself i am beautiful i'm desirable I am important. I am good enough. I am impo important. I am powerful. I am brilliant. I am wise. I am magnificent. Every day when I am not in a good mood, something, someone triggered me, then I say, okay, the mind is going spiraling down to a place. And then I repeat, I don't have to say it out loud. Sometimes I say it out loud, but I just keep repeating these mantra. The more that uh, we do these, our, the mantra, the positive mantra, positive affirmations, they change. The mind is not ever going to get quiet. It's always going to be there. But instead of going into duality, why do I think this way? Why do I do that? I'm so stupid, right? We tell ourselves and change it to say, okay, I'm going to learn my lesson from whatever I did, whatever I said, whatever I didn't do or didn't say. 
forgive yourself, have that compassion for yourself and said, okay, thank you for coming to surface. That means that I have a part of me, I have a um, subconscious thoughts and beliefs that is coming to surface to be healed, to be released. And then I release judgment. And I have a mantra to say, I release judgment, all judgment toward myself and others. When I see somebody and all of a sudden my mind judges, we all judge, right? It's the mind. And then I all, at that very moment, I say, I release all judgments toward myself and others. Because we judge other people because I judge myself for that. People mirror us. People bring the best in us and the worst in us, the shadow and the light us. I embrace the shadow part of me. And I want everybody to learn to embrace the shadow because without shadow, there is no light. Shadow, the darkness is the absence of light. So it comes to the surface to so bring light to it. Like one hand is the shadow, one hand is light. And put these two hands together and rub your hands together and allow that the source, the angels work through you. Literally, you just described my podcast right now <laughs> in the last three sentences. <laughs> so, well, the, the, the theme of my, of my podcast, indeed, I, I absolutely love that. And, yeah. uh, I'm so grateful for you sharing all this with me and us all, because I'm certain that the ones tuning in right here, right now, listening and then taking action starting from here onwards i trust that they were meant to i believe in i don't believe in coincidences as kyle gray said i believe in god or how i like to tell say it's a um, synchronicities you know the simplest way for everyone to understand yeah. and um I truly believe that the way we met, the way we connected and the project that we have in mind and so on and so forth, I truly believe it is for the highest good of us all. Well, I could stay here and question you forever because you are a fountain of wisdom and beauty. And trust me, I am going to do that one day. <laughs> but right now I want to be mindful of your time, of the listener's time. And I want to literally thank you ever so much for being here. And before you go, if you can actually tell me your favorite mantra slash affirmation or maybe both. Yes, um, um, exactly what I said before is I am significant, I matter, I am magnificent, I am brilliant, I am resilient, I am powerful. I mean, I have lists of mantras that every time that I feel like my mind is going down the rabbit hole, because it does. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how long we have worked on our mindset. Um, it, is, it is what it is because we have a mind and we have a soul and a spirit. And I try to make sure my mind, um, quiet my mind and listen to the whispers of my soul, the angels, the spirit that talks. They, um, I want to actually one last thing because they are reminding me because all of these things that I have been speaking about is uh, angels are dictating and helping me to say um, I used to be a home health nurse, meaning that <clears throat> I would go to patients home from one patient to next patient to next patient after they came from hospital to make sure that they have their medications uh, correctly and their home is okay so I would just if they had anything I could help with them 
And I had a very large area and some of them that they were in countryside. So I had to use the GPS to navigate the navigation system to tell me to turn right, to turn left, to go to that street or whatever. So I was, it was such a beautiful day. I think that the story is in one of my book as well. And uh, the, I could hear my navigation, navigation system was saying, in half a mile, turn left. And then in quarter of a mile, you turn left, because that's what navigation system does over and over again as you get closer to the place that you have to um, go a different direction from where you are currently going. And um, in uh, 500 feet, uh, turn um, left. In 100 feet, I mean, just imagine for the past half a mile, this poor navigation told me what to do. And I was thinking something else, and I, I passed my exit. And then the moment that I passed my exit, like, oh, no. And I heard my angels like, this is how when you are preoccupied by some thoughts this is how you miss our guidance and i like wow that was a powerful powerful message angels that was really powerful you are correct because if i did not follow the guidance of my navigation that is for the five uh, half a mile, it tells me to uh, turn left. And just imagine, they are here with us. That is the message. They are here with us. They're constantly guiding us. All we need to do just quiet the mind and listen and follow that guidance. Thank you again, Diana. You are such a beautiful soul. Thank you for your patience, your kindness, for generosity. And I know that you had a lot of patience to figure out because you, we are completely in a different time zone. I am very grateful to you. Thank you so much for sending you a lot of blessing and light. Again, I wouldn't know where to start, where to finish with you. It's all about here, now, and that's pretty much all I'm focusing on. And once again, you not only answered the question, you detailed it so beautifully that I truly trust that the one meant to listen to this is going to, and I have goosebumps all over. Like I keep on, you know, touching my um, necklace, which is, I, I, there are quite a few pendants in here, but the main one is actually an angel. I got it um, when I was 20 years old. So, I, I, I keep it on me all the time and somehow I just feel the need to touch it all, all, all over again <laughs> every single time when you're talking about pretty much anything. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, your presence is absolutely beautiful and I trust that the energy embedded in this podcast is going to uplift the vibrations of others as well. Once again, thank you ever so much for being here, Solave. Thank you so much for being so patient on answering my question. As I said, I do have plenty and I would have more. And thank you for everything. Thank you. Remember, the healing process, it's a lifelong progress. You are unique and so is your experience. Shine your light unapologetically.